Good evening, Patriots. And it's still Friday, January 28th, 2022. We have a lot to reflect on in these days, especially in our path of being pulled so many different ways, when ultimately our real focus always, as we know, is with Christ. But it's a deep reflection on what we are within Christ and what that is to constantly dig ourselves deeper into the intimacy of Christ in the midst of a storm that wants to pull us constantly into their temptation. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com, head on over there and scroll on down to the radio listeners box where you're going to find some amazing deals. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Some incredible deals going on right now. Giza Dream Sheets sets for as low as $39.99. And that's a limited time offer. That's They're just incredible sheets. And I, I this is a guy talking to you about sheets. Seriously. I like, But I am. and Because it, it's like sleep to me is really critical with all that I do. And when I do, it's part of good health. And I don't, sleep is always going to take a sacrifice when I work. It just it is, it is. So I've got to maximize that time and make it the best. And I am very honest when I tell you, I'd never even dreamed of something, this this little thing like sheets making such a big difference. Giza sheets are amazing. So whatever Mike Lindell and his geniuses over at MyPillow have done to make that work out, I don't know. But I'll tell you, they are worth investing in, every bit of them. It's an amazing set of sheets. And there's just tons of other offers on this 50% off sales going on right now all over the site of MyPillow.com. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Use your for, use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Take advantage of some incredible savings that are going on right now. And also we have the Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com, which is the Bible for our time. It's an amazing Bible, NASB 1995 edition. I gave away a couple of cases over Christmas, just incredible gift. And it was, was so amazing is to see how many people were so moved by the Bible. That's not typically a Christmas gift people get overly excited about. It's very personal too. But this Bible is incredible. It's an heirloom Bible. It's of an heirloom quality in production. It has our founder's documents worked within. So you get a lesson both in God's word and in the way scripture was used as a living language by our founding fathers. So if you go on over to thefoundersbible.com, you can use the BARDS code B-A-R-D-S at checkout in the coupon section for 20% off. So BARDS code, 20% off, thefoundersbible.com. Finally, Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee, expeditioncoffee.com. That is the BARDS Nation branded coffee. It's an incredible coffee designed for our time. Gives you a boost of energy and a sustained energy over over the entire day. Boost your serotonin and uh, helps heal and seal your gut. That's the first step of that. But the real next part of that is what's on the site as well is all the other products that work together as a health ecosystem. So we've got the coffee, and then with that we have the gut health triad, which does heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the main problems we have with health in our nation. And then we have Immune XP, which is an immune booster with high levels of vitamin C built around pine cone extract, and then Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract on the market, isolates 
pathogens, including HIV and the full complement of the bioweapons SARS-CoV viruses they've been launching against us. So it's an incredible immune booster overall and protective shield. And then we have Earth, which is a full-body nutrient supplement. Put it, Mix it in a, in a powder form. Mix it with water. Shake it up and drink it each day. Gives the body all that nutrient boost you need to really fortify your whole immune system. The whole idea behind this is to reclaim our health sovereignty. All the products there on Expedition Coffee, XPED, are designed to do that in a full complement of things to keep you out of the medical internment camps known as hospitals and keep you away from the bio-poisoning, which is coming from big pharma. So, Patriots, I want to focus a little bit tonight on 2 Corinthians 3. And I think it's important to kind of settle into a perspective that we're all being challenged with right now, which is that modern culture is really nothing more than a worship of convenience. Modern culture is little more than a worship of convenience. And convenience ultimately is going to be the death of man. Everything that we see them doing is luring people into this trap of convenience and ease and entertainment. Entertainment's a big back end to everything they do. And this whole meta thing is really their ultimate goal. So right now, as I've said, the, the celebrations that are going on with Patriots, which are misguided and, mis, and missing the point, is thinking that they're winning something because these mandates are being reduced. This is nothing more than just elevating people's hopes so they can break it again. But even that, they don't really have to do that because they've already managed to completely co-opt at least 30 to 40% of the public is so brainwashed now. It's beyond brainwashing. It's become an alternate reality, which they're living in. And this reality is not a fun reality for them, even though they've accepted it, the masking, the this, the that, they're not enjoying it. So meta is starting to evolve very quickly. And meta is the lure. Meta is what's bringing people in because they're going to be able to live safely in their homes. They're going to be able to take that mask off and just, Instead of having a mask, wear the Oculus glasses, which is where this whole thing is going to start. It won't stay there, but that's where it'll start. And live free in Oculus, in the meta. They're going to do anything they want. They can participate. And you've already seen, if you've been looking around and looking for evidence of what meta is, I mean, it's already getting addictive. People are in there playing around. They think it's fun. It's entertaining. But this is truly one of the biggest traps that we have. It's, this is what I would call Satan's ultimate trap for humanity. And it really goes back to the beginning because the tree of knowledge was not about wisdom. I think this is important to grasp. Knowledge is binary. We learn knowledge. It's within a binary plane. Wisdom is infinite. It's what comes from the richness of life. God gives wisdom Knowledge is the lure that Satan puts before people. And this is what you end up hearing marketed around the concept of this meta world is, you know, you can gain your knowledge. You have access to the Internet in your brain. You can connect yourself up. This is the, the longer term view of meta. But tech has a major problem right now, and it's, it's memory. And I don't mean like remembering something. It's how to store all this. Because they're outpacing their ability to store all the information they need to build this AI, this master AI, at the rate at which meta is going to be growing. 
and Meta right now is pretty clumsy looking. If you've seen it inside, it looks like kind of like an, I don't know, probably a 1990s, maybe like 2006 video game. It doesn't look like what we're looking at and the rich texturing that's going on in video games now, which is where they want to take it. But they have to have 6G to accomplish that, and they need a massive amount of storage. And they're not growing their storage fast enough to maintain this, except there is a neat little solution to it. And again, this is part of the meta trap. As they sell meta into people, and the first adopters are already here, you've got businesses creating their own metaverse, businesses buying, literally buying real estate within this infinite space. And that infinite space that they're living in, they're, they're, they're having people design out these whole campuses. And, you know, you're like a clumsy little little uh, avatar walking through there, you know, blah, 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 like a first-person video game, except you're kind of seeing yourself. So it's kind of like a video game. And you go and you go into conference rooms and you, you can walk around and you can can go into places where you can sit and only you and other people can hear you, but you could be on the beach instead of being in the conference room. They give you all these artificial freedoms. And people think it's cute and gimmicky. But here's the back end of this. As they pull people in deeper into this, a couple things happen, and memory is one of them, is that your memories are forged within a digital space. Our memories are designed to be infinite. We interact in the world. It's, it's all this range of things. But what we keep doing in, the, in, in our world is we keep looking at things for their face value and accepting them. That's a consequence of living in a binary world. When we look at a leaf or a tree, I mean, we say, oh, leaf is green. Green is the color being reflected out of that leaf. And this was the example that Dr. Martin gave a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to use it because it's very effective. Leaf the leaf color of green is the color reflected out of the leaf. What we're not getting into is what is the leaf, the deeper essence, as one simple example. That goes with everything we see in our world. And when we take things for face value, God didn't design us to be rich. In fact, I would argue that what makes us unique in the entire universe is that God gave us infinite within our mindset. We are able to accomplish and appreciate all dimensions of things unlike other species if whatever that is. And that ability for us to do that, interact in our world, is what is the greatest threat to our enemy because we can not only see what's before us, but if we truly are, have our minds opened, we can see the whole dimension of everything around it, what its true essence is. But everything that the enemy does is tries to constantly channel us from a one or zero, one or zero. And meta is the ultimate trap because within that space, everything around us is a function of one or zero. Even though you have lots of pretty dazzling colors and moving things, it's, it's, it's a really awful, inferior and mo huge mockery of what God has created in the real world and yet people buy into it even though it's mockery, they accept it because they think it's neat and cute and man created it and all this other silly stuff. But the other back end of meta, not only the fact that when you're in there, you're creating memories and we have the ability to process and take in all those things, but your memories are now being forged around a binary space 
And everything in a binary space, regardless of what it looks like, it's always ones and zeros. Here's the other little dirty secret that nobody wants to tell people. Is once they get people wired up into meta, they're going to start using people's brains, and I'm serious about this, as the storage medium for meta. I want you to think about the impact of that. That is an, an incredible space. So we, people are going to be literally being information being downloaded into brains to store, and they're going to become part of the computerized system. That is literally where they're moving this. So humanity then becomes the shallow part of your brain, which is the conscious mind, which is very shallow because it processes at a lower rate than the subconscious. It What it sees, it reacts to. You're seeing the effects of that right now. You're seeing this sort of emotive, non-cognitive responses to things to where literally the state, and look at the conditions of where we are, the state is controlling all this kind of immediate action, right? That cognitive. I don't know if you know that, and just the two terms which are important to understand in another reference, anaerobic versus aerobic. Anaerobic exercise is high-intensity energy, short-term bursts of energy. Aerobic is your base and long-term conditioning. Anaerobic conditioning can be developed very, very quickly. You can develop the high, high capacity of anaerobic conditioning within six, eight weeks. Aerobic conditioning takes months and years. The mind is similar. I mean, that first, that, that immediate conscious mind is very much like the anaerobic. It processes quickly. It's very reactionary. It's very quick. The subconscious is very much like anaerobic. It's developing over time. It's processing things deeply. So they're going to fill that subconscious with all this garbage and fill it up while the conscious mind. So you, they, people just become more extreme of what they are already. I mean, they're, they're completely reactive in their environment and they cease to be cognitive and interacting with all things. So let me, let me start here with 2 Corinthians 3, 1. Are we beginning to command ourselves again? I think this question is relative to everything we're looking at right now. Are we beginning to command ourselves again? Or do we need, as some, letters of commendation to you or from you? You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all people, revealing yourselves that you are a letter of Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. It's a profound statement. The richness of that statement, the tablet is literally that binary. It's, it's literally a hard surface with letters. It's just very shallow. What gives it depth is what the word's meaning is, but that doesn't, when we scroll things in, when we scribe something into a stone or scribe something onto paper, it's very dimensional it's, and it's very binary. The meaning of words or the depth of who we are is always within the heart. And what's so profound about this is that this letter, a letter of Christ, was never intended to be as simple or as limited as something of 
the spirit, or I'm sorry, written what's on, written in ink or what is inscribed in stone. It's intended to be the spirit of the living God. And the tablet is the human heart, which is itself is dimensional. And if we add to the piece, which I always say, it's electromagnetic engine of the body, it is multidimensional. It's a profound insight into what we should be and not where we're walking. And this is where we're challenged so much because we're constantly around us is binary solutions. You know, pay for something in cash in finite amounts. The minute our world is defined, everything about us is defined in finite limits. It's just a little parallel to this, but it's an interesting point. And I'm just going to use it as an example of, of, in a simple way of demonstrating finite. When we go to a store and there's a price, we don't question it. We pay the price. So if it says $9.95, we pay $9.95. It says $995, we pay $995. We never think about asking if there is a negotiated price. It's just not within our culture. Everything is fixed in this culture. It is what it is. You accept it what it is or you reject it. That's binary, A or B. And it takes some getting used to, but when you're in the Middle East, and I'll just use my time in Afghanistan, which is a good example, prices are not fixed. Everything is negotiable. So that sounds bizarre, but as an example, if you are, in fact, it's admired if you are a good negotiator. So rug traders are a great example. You walk in and you see a rug trader, you see a rug you like, and they're always going to inflate it. If you pay the price that they say, you're seen as a fool. So if he comes in and says, that rug is $1,200, and if you pay that, you are regarded as a fool, and everybody else in the market is alerted, and they're going to try to start peddling something to you because you were so stupid as to pay the full price. But if you negotiate and they say 1200 and you say, I'm not going to pay that. How about 300 You'll see them act like they're all butthurt, no walk around, like this is an insult. This is part of the game. And you can negotiate back and forth. You'll probably end up somewhere around a good negotiation, be somewhere around 650 to 700 And when both are in agreement, there's a handshake made. And there's respect for both because in a good negotiation, each one has worked its place and you've created an outcome that is not binary, but it's a third option. We don't have that within our culture. And it's an important little subtle point in our daily lives because this kind of binary response to everything shapes us, yet Christ is not binary. And never was. And, and that idea of revealing ourselves in the letter of, of Christ on our hearts is profound because that is a dimension and acceptance that we've had within the body of Christ that is greater than us. And we shouldn't ever seek to be limited by that limitation, which is the binary. We should be seeking to grow beyond it. This limits a lot of what we face right now. Because what we face in these options in this time when we start talking about what are we going to do, you constantly hear this. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. They're telling me I can't, so, but I don't know what my other option is other than to quit. 
how many times do you hear somebody say, which I will, it's, if, if you've been listening, it's not very often. Someone says, my job is being challenged by the vax. Here's another example. My job is being challenged by mandates of the vax. So I'm choosing to start my own business. What we hear is I'm going to try to fight them and get an, ex, an, uh, an exclusion and I'm going to try to keep my job. Well, you're not changing anything. Because one way or another, they're going to still pressure that point. And everything centers around a, I have, I'm going to have it or I'm going to lose it. Rather than what would God want me to do? And when we get into that place of what God would want us to do, there is an infinite number of options out there. But we don't open our hearts to that enough. Meta is part of this channeling. We are this is the way it's working, and if you're paying attention, it's going to channel a lot of people because they're going to start tying all the conveniences. Remember what I said, modern culture is nothing more than a worship of convenience. They're going to start shaping all of these conveniences based on a single outlet, outcome, or direction, which is if you want to do your banking, you have to go to Meta. You have to interact on a meta format. And this is how it'll be. It's like, I hate meta, but I'll go ahead and put my glasses on and I'll, I'll deal with this one thing. Just like the mask. I hate the mask, but it's okay. I'll make the exception for these things. And as that continues to happen over time, more and more people will slide. It'll be, oh, I put on the Oculus glasses today. And I, I just went into do banking. But while I was there, I cruised over to this venue. And man, it was pretty cool. I had a good time. I hung out there for a while. And, we, and, and you can start to see how it gets hold. And so much of this is back to, quite literally, who are we? And what's our confidence in our basis with God versus our confidence in being accepted by the world? Corinthians 2 Corinthians 3, 4, such is the confidence we have towards God through Christ, not that we are adequate in ourselves so as to consider anything as having come from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills and the Spirit gives life. That is unbelievable when we think about those words in this context. Binary is the letter. It is simply fixed. It is a point and a reference to something else. But it kills. The letter kills. And when we get into the Spirit gives life, that's infinite. So imagine what is happening here with people that are accepting only binary options. It's literally killing their potential to be living in the infinite. I'm not saying it's killing their spirit, but it's dampening, it's muting, it's suppressing. And here, here's, you can imagine this hell creating because as people get into meta and absorb themselves deeper and deeper into meta, which is going to happen, and as they start to allow themselves to be connected into meta, which is going to happen, you're going to start seeing this. There's a side within there, somewhere deep within them. The soul is, the spirit of them is seeking God. It's, everybody has that, whether they like to admit it or not. Everybody has that. 
And I think honestly that a lot of the agnostic garbage and the and the especially the atheists that like to get overly loud and they get offended by everything religious or godly, I should say. Part of that I think is their is their reaction to suppressing their desire to seek God because we all have it. So they go the other direction because they're so arrogant in their own way of seeing the world, their arrogance is suppressing their natural instinct to seek God. And so they end up killing their spirit or suppressing their spirit. So imagine inside of a metaverse where people are being consumed with entertainment and convenience and it's overwhelming, the dazzling lights, the sparkling events, the the socializing that happens in cool spaces and the longing to be fulfilled because that's the spirit part, longing to be loved and fulfilled, which only Christ can do. We cannot fill the holes in our heart. So many people walk around this world with big old gaping holes in their heart. And they fill them by things like trying to seek out relationships with people and it's intimacy with people, which isn't based on an intimacy of equality where they come together both having sought and pursued that love and deep passionate love in Christ first. It's someone or both are seeking to fill a hole in the heart by having each other fill it and that imbalance just goes crazy that's ultimately i would argue that's the core of most fights it's the core of most one person trying to dominate the other one or one person trying to change the other one it's and it's ultimately it breaks people not in a good way so in this place of meta when people are being suppressed and being pounded on by an, an artificial environment all based on binary, somewhere in there is going to be the spirit seeking that deep and intimate relationship with God. But Meta's going to be dumping in and filling those empty holes, and it's, it's more like putting toothpaste into a mortar crack. The first rain, the first little bit of water washes it out, and you're constantly putting in more toothpaste. That's Meta in a simple sense. But imagine the hell people are living in because they're not able to step away from this busy, moving, dynamic environments where all of their socialization is happening within a binary plane. And yet their spirit is longing. It's absolutely longing for the tablets of the human heart, the infinite that only comes through Christ. And they can't get out. And especially if they're wired up, if they're wired up into the net, I mean, in true words, God help them because they're not going to be able to disconnect that. And at the same time, that process is dumping into them as storage and they're caught in a living hell. They were wished they could die, but they could not. I think that's in Revelation. So we're into a very interesting place, and it's such a place that our ministry on a daily basis has to start getting to these people in a different way. We cannot hold back on our attempts to awaken people in their walk to Christ and bringing them closer to a relationship with Christ because as that happens, and if they can get a glimmer of it, what 
that connection can do is beyond anything we can imagine. We all know that. But there's so many people that are not sensing that. Culture has dropped a boulder between them and God, and they've willfully accepted this. The virtues of fear, the virtues of anxiety, the virtues of self and selfishness. I shouldn't even use term virtues. It's, it's, that's really misplaced, but you get my point. In their culture, I should say virtues. In our culture, those are abominations. And it's, it is truly this separation that pulls people farther and farther out of orbit of God. And as they're doing that, they're wandering. It's in a desert. And suddenly, what should be the spirit of the living God on the tablets of human hearts because becomes the spirit of the living culture on the tablets of stone. And right there is when they, they get caught. And for many, especially the younger generation, they've never had an intimacy with God. They don't even know what that is. Their parents didn't raise them that way. Or if their parents did, too many times they've raised them in the church. Well, we know how good that works for so many. I mean, it, is a, it is stunning as you talk to people and get to be comfortable with people how many people have been damaged by the church. The churches have failed us miserably. And always I say there are good, good churches out there, but all churches at one point or another, if they're going to be restored in our community, have to break from the 501c3 model. That's, that's a given. I don't care what pastor and where. But as an aggregate whole, we have to, there has been so much damage done by the modern church. And just imagine this, in, these, in this new next step, which is we're within this window now of transition, we're moving as they have now dr- starting to drop the mandates, accelerate and lift up the access to 5G and meta. It's all happening at the same time. It's not anything, is, none of this is by accident. Guess who some of the biggest co-signers are on introducing meta into their world and if you haven't guessed it or know it it is the mega churches they're they are signing up with facebook left and right to build metaverses for their congregations and to bring people into the metaverse to meet god this is a joke it's that's god with a little g because it's lucifer's domain and they've, they're bringing their flock like they've encouraged their flocks to take the injection. I mean, you can start to see it. It's, they've encouraged their flock to take the injection, now come into the metaverse. And unfortunately, there's going to be a large migration there. People are going to feel very comfortable. And you know very well where they're going to pray. They're going to pray on the young. And they're going to be able to coax in the elderly some anyway, especially those that they've now isolated, who as a culture, we've wiped away the elderly like a disposable class, that are living alone, elderly that are living in homes. Imagine even in these homes, you're going to see it because you're going to bring in like, oh, Mr. Jones, I brought over a, I know it's been a hard time in COVID. You've been living on your, in your room in this beautiful complex with all your friends isolated. I don't know if you realize that how much that's happening. The reports coming out of these elderly homes are just they're gut-wrenching. Things like elderly people that are reliant on attendance. We've had these reports coming out of Oregon lately that are just 
you literally want to find these attendants and you want to put a millstone around their neck and you want to watch them fall into the lake. These people are doing things like they'll go to change somebody in the elderly and they'll just get, they'll decide it's, they're not going to finish it right then and they'll leave elderly naked in their chairs in the middle of, of the room. Elderly are being locked in their rooms in these where they have paid to have private rooms, but they're being locked in there, not able to get out and socialize at all. Families aren't being allowed. And, of course, the families aren't doing anything about it. They're just like, oh, I just can't see my parents. I'm like, man, this is some sickness. I said this. I've said this in all seriousness. If my parents had been in there, a parent or both, for whatever reason, which, by the way, they will never go into an elderly home as I have arranged things to make sure they will always be taken care of, period, by me. But if that had been me, I would have had my 12,000-pound winch on that door, ripping that door open, and I would have brought in an assault team and just taken them out. I'm not kidding when I tell you this. I'm, I am not exaggerating one second. I am more at the sickness of how many people did this stupid game of like putting their hands to the, to the plastic. Oh, mom, I miss you. It's like, just go away. You're a sick child. But I digress. So elderly are, being, are going to be another part of this. And you know very well they're going to give them comfort. Like, let us bring you into the meta world. It's a complete distortion of things and it's intended to rip apart that deep relationship with God. I mean, take a look and listen to this. I mean, 2 Corinthians 3 7 nails it, but in the ministry of death, engraved in letters on stones, and it continues, but just that beginning. But in the ministry of death, engraved in the letters on stones, it's the two dimension again. We have to find a way to get people to open up their eyes to see that there's not what they're seeing is not God's world, to therefore open up their hearts to embrace what God's world truly is. 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we all, with unveiled faces, looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, are be, being transformed into the same image of the glory to glory, just as from the Lord to the Spirit. Just fantastic words here. In this whole process of awakening ourselves and truly being unveiled. The great awakening that we're in began with knowledge because we needed knowledge to be able to see a bit what was going on. But as I say, that's very much a binary aspect. But knowledge as we awakened turned ourselves towards God, which gave us the opening to wisdom. And as we gained wisdom, we gained the richness of dimension of the way God sees the world. And it continues to grow profoundly in everybody that's walking with Christ. The great awakening truly is the unveiling of faces, of unveiling of our hearts. And it's the stepping away from the stone tablets and embracing the tablets of the hearts where Christ 
There, the letter of Christ is found. That process is truly, to me, the true essence of the Great Awakening. And it has been sorting out and sifting out as it goes. There are those that have never wanted to know the true knowledge. They were the first cut. The next was those that wanted to know knowledge but stayed in the, in the details of knowledge and have remained there. And then there are those that through the process of knowledge continue to awaken more deeply in their hearts and have turned more deeply into the intimate relationship with Christ and through Christ to the Father. Because ultimately, if you're going to pursue God, other than if you're some sort of esoteric you're going to arrive at that intimate relationship with Christ and realize the beauty and glory of what that gift is. And in so doing, that intimacy with God grows with it. That's the true unveiling and the true power of our time. Who stays there, who walks there, I don't know. But the one thing is, it's irrelevant ultimately where our destination is because we know that God has us. And we know that as we are walking with the letter of Christ on our heart, that we're being led to the destiny that we need to. All of that leads to a simple look at the world. And that is, on one path, is this path of convenience and entertainment. And that path is truly the defined easy gate, wide gate, the easy path and wide gate. And it's alluring, but few will find that narrow gate. And that narrow gate, and I say that proportionally to the population. We would like many to find it, but unfortunately too many are going to be distracted by the neon signs and the attraction of cotton candy and whatever else that's artificially created in Meta. And the gimmickry of that space, because it's easy, because I can get up in the morning and throw on my Oculus glasses. I don't have to take a shower. I don't have to brush my teeth. I don't have to get dressed. I can sit around in my, in my flip-flops all day, and I can go into a fake world where my avatar is already perfect. And when I get bored with that, I can change my avatar. And I can walk around and do my business, and I can come back, and maybe, maybe around 4 o'clock I'll think about getting dressed. But then I'm going to have to go to bed by... Nine, but I won't go to bed by nine because I'll stay up and I'll start spinning around the world in meta because it's so entertaining and it keeps me filled in my heart that has now been encased in stone. And the emptiness of that fulfillment will trap me. And that's the catch right there. When we step away and walk in the beauty of of the letter of Christ written in the spirit of the living God on our hearts, on the tablets of our heart. We're walking into a place of infinite, of glory, of beauty, of dimensions that we have yet to even discover. And in that place, we're not drawn to things like meta. It's a natural progression. We're not drawn to the shallowness and superficiality of a world around us. We're not trapped by the simplicity of price and want and need and consumption and material possession. All those things, we start to look at the greater value, the greater depth of everything. So let me leave you with a thought, and it's completely outside of the perspective of 
biblical ways of seeing things, but I want you to think about this because it's very, it's always profound to me. In the, in the art of Iaido, there is a reverence for the sword. In the beginning of Iaido, when you, when you start, the sword is just whatever sword you're given or whatever sword you can afford. But as you grow into the art, the origins of the sword, where it's made, how it's made, all these processes become important. Because the sword is never about the sword of steel. It's about a deeper essence. And everything that goes into that sword constitutes the sword to give it what it is. It's, it's almost, to loosely put this, it's almost like a living thing. If we were to value the creations of everything we made that way, if we took the time not to eat but to value the process of making the food, if we took the time to value the process of everything we did, not just to quickly fire off an email, but to sit down and scroll a letter, those are the differences between the stone on the tablets, the tablets of stone and the tablets of the heart. Because it's all of the essence that we put into something. So as to simplify that more, McDonald's, drive through to grab something to eat is a consumptive activity for speed and immediate fulfillment of pleasure for some, not for me, which is a tablet of stone. But when you take the time to select the beef, to make the buns, to pick the lettuce from your garden and the tomato from your garden, to take the time to grill the burger over wood that you've cut and the process becomes a complete process. It is all part of achieving an end of ultimately tasting something that you assembled in the perfection and magnificence of the flavors which God provided in this earth. Fulfillment of desire and pleasure of the hunger is trivial. It is the process by which the tablet of the human heart seeks that level of fulfillment. And when we go about everything in our life that way, and food is probably one of the easiest ways to identify that, but I mean everything. When we seek to do that with everything, and we can't make everything, but it's the pursuit of those things in our life that can constitute that, and then the things we can, as we continually to evolve to build that sort of depth in everything we do, our world transforms. Things slow down. We're less desirous. We have much more focus on a process than on a purchase. Much more focused on a creation rather than an accumulation. And what we're achieving is the glory of that principle again. That as we do that, we are seeking the letter of Christ inked with the spirit of the living God on the tablet of our heart. What a beautiful pursuit that truly is. And that gets to the core of the intimacy in the relationship with Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus to the Father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these times we come together to 
reflect deeply, to walk deeply within that space of truly seeking the letter of Christ with the living spirit of you, Lord, on the tablet of our human heart. This is a time, Lord, when we totally walk in a place of deep awakening, to unveil our hearts as they are, to step away from this confinement of the binary world. And as we say those words, Lord, we can almost feel the, the lurching, the reaching, the grasp, the, the need to start racing towards that, just like a young racehorse sitting ready to go, being held back by the gate. We're there, but now, Lord, we're praying. Let that gate be thrown open. Let us race forward with everything we have in that pursuit of that glory and perfection within the spirit, Lord. Open our hearts up to the infinite, to leave behind the finite, the limited, the defined, and let us open up our hearts in the glory of all that you have before us. And let the world show itself in its true colors, its true depth, its true dimensions. Lord, that's the path we seek and we follow. We're seeking and that we continue to pursue. And in the minefields of this traps of binary, always those limitation of options of finite to try to define our world in fixed means. We just pray for that clarity of path, that wisdom to be able to navigate through that and always reach and respond to a greater range of possibilities than we ever thought possible. Not to be limited by the one or the zero or the yes or the no, but instead to be embraced and to live fully through all that you offer as you always do, Father, in the range of the always possible rather than the not possible or no. Bless us with that vision to see. Bless us with those eyes of clear sight. Bless us with the ears to hear you truly, Lord, as we walk into a greater space, truly unveiled and experiencing the true tablet of the human heart. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a amazing walk and I will say it personally too this is a a lot of the pursuit that I have been in deeply for the last few months in looking at the world in the places of the limitation of the binary and it's deep and it's rigid and it's built around us in every possible way And when we start to realize how much of that is around us, we can start to release ourselves from its grasp and instead seek that infinite. I challenge each and every one of you to do something this weekend. One thing. Take out a pen. If you have an ink pen, like a uh, scribe pen with flowing ink, whatever, it's even better. But take out a pen, take out a piece of paper, and write a letter to somebody. Address it with your own hand. Lick the envelope. Seal it and mail it. Experience that fundamental task of just living without dimension. Let your hand flow. Let the words flow, not because you can flow and retype it and make corrections, 
be intentional about the letter. You, if you make a mistake, you get to cross it through. But keep moving and write the letter to somebody, doesn't matter who or what, write the letter, sign it by hand, fold the paper, put it in the envelope, seal the envelope, address it by hand, and mail it. That one act, that one simple act reminds us of the limitations of our digital world and the infinites of that world of the the tablet of the human heart. And if we did that every single weekend, just one letter, that alone is almost radical in its nature. Patriots, have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. This is an amazing time. Our prayers are truly our true anchor into the tablet of the heart as we meld that in with the true intimacy of our relationship with Christ and through Christ to the Father. And as we do that, Father opens up unlimited potentials for us. It's not ever limited. Everything about our world, when we trust in Father, gets redefined. And it's always a range of options that are beyond what we would normally think or even conceive because we are so limited in this tablets of stone that we are living by in this world. God is with us. He will never, ever forsake us. And the more that we trust in him and press into him, the more we learn of the true nature of our infinite soul. God will win this, always will. But our opportunities are to grow through him as he's offering that to us right now in a most amazing way. For we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. And in the process, there is one absolute guarantee as we walk this. We will awaken and remove the veils from our heart. And in so doing, truly learn the deeper meaning of tablets of the human heart with the letter of Christ. I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank you.